Disney Cruise is no ordinary vacation. It's an adventure, a fairy tale, a dream. Step aboard and discover where favorite Disney characters meet fun for the whole family, where total rest and relaxation meet the ultimate escape and excitement, where a dream vacation meets a magical cruise. Only on Disney Cruise Line, where magic meets the sea. Contact Magical Park Vacations to book your next Disney cruise today. Visit MagicalParkVacations.com. Bienvenido a bordo de Imagination Skyway, su gran gira de podcast por la magia. Soy su anfitrión, Matthew Kroll, y en el episodio de hoy hablaremos sobre un favorito de los fanáticos de Disney, el pabellón de México en Epcot, con un enfoque particular en Gran Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros y su predecesor, El Río del Tiempo. Welcome aboard Imagination Skyway, your grand podcast tour of the magic. I'm your host, Matthew Kroll, and in today's episode, we're going to discuss a Disney fan favorite, the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot, with a particular focus on Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros and its predecessor, El Rio del Tiempo. This particular episode, I really hope you enjoy because when I was doing the research for this discussion, I thought this would maybe be just a couple of pages discussing the Mexico Pavilion, but I soon realized that there is so much to discuss about the Mexico Pavilion, the dining experiences that are available, the history tied to the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot, and of course about the main attraction, Grand Fiesta Tour, and as I mentioned, its predecessor, El Rio del Tiempo. In this episode, we are going to talk about the history of the Mexico Pavilion, which was an opening day experience at Epcot. We'll talk about some details in history and culture that's tied to the Mexico Pavilion, which I think you'll find really interesting. And I'll take you for a ride with me on not only Grand Fiesta Tour, but also El Rio del Tiempo, just in case you didn't get the chance to experience it when it was around from 1982 until 2007. At the end of the show, we'll return to Imagination Central, where I'll share ways in which you can stay connected with Imagination Skyway, how you can discuss this topic with others, and how you can help support and inspire the future of this show. Permanezca sentado, mantenga sus manos y brazos dentro del podcast en todo momento, y disfrute de su gran recorrido circular a bordo de Imagination Skyway. Please remain seated, keep your hands and arms inside the podcast at all times, and enjoy your grand circle tour aboard Imagination Skyway. On Epcot's opening day, October 1st, 1982, World Showcase featured nine pavilions representing various countries and cultures around the world. Starting in Future World and walking clockwise around the World Showcase Lagoon, these pavilions included Mexico, China, Germany, Italy, the American Adventure, Japan, France, the United Kingdom, and Canada. The Morocco Pavilion would open just a few years later on September 7, 1984, and Norway opened its doors closer to the end of the decade on June 3, 1988. Of the original nine pavilions, one of the most beloved among Disney fans to this day is the Mexico Pavilion, not just for its delectable cuisine, but also for its unique atmosphere. Mexico is the only World Showcase pavilion that houses the majority of its shops, dining, and attractions in one show building, 
creating a charming Mexican plaza where the weather is always temperate and the stars are always shining. Along with its signature attraction, Grand Fiesta Tour starring the three caballeros, this pavilion provides guests with a romantic Mexican adventure. It's not an accident that Mexico is the first pavilion you encounter when you enter World Showcase. In designing the layout for this part of Epcot, the Imagineers strategically placed our closest North American neighbors, Mexico and Canada, at the front end of World Showcase. It's important to remember that this park was created before any of the Epcot area resorts along Crescent Lake, so the International Gateway entrance wasn't added to the park until years later. In its original design, you could only enter World Showcase through Mexico or Canada, which was a way to gradually help guests transition to a virtual trip around the world. In other words, you could first head to Canada, the US neighbor to the north by heading to the right, or you could head south to the Mexican border by traveling to the left. From there, you're off to enjoy a virtual stroll through 11 unique pavilions. Before you enter the pavilion, the exterior structure marking the entrance to the show building attracts guests with its exotic design. Mexican culture is rooted in centuries-old history, and the Imagineers worked hard to ensure that they properly represented the various elements of Mexican architecture. Perhaps the best description for the pyramid that marks the entrance to the pavilion can be found in the Imagineering Field Guide to Epcot, which was written by the Imagineers. The page about the Mexico Pavilion reads, in attempting to capture the spirit of the Mexican people, Imagineers turned their attention to the origins of that spirit. The resulting pavilion is derived from elements of each of their major pre-Columbian civilizations, the Mayan, Toltec, and the Aztec, as well as from the Spanish influence that has shaped their architecture and design. The pyramid you enter to visit Mexico is a composite of Mesoamerican motifs dating back to the third century, emphasizing the Aztec style. Once inside, you find yourself in a gallery showcasing Mexican arts and crafts. The sunstone, or Aztec calendar, marks the way to the Plaza de los Amigos, Plaza of the Friends, an open-air marketplace brimming with activity. This market and the adjoining restaurant are placed in a nighttime setting in order to be more authentic to the operating hours of a typical Mexican market. The Spanish-tinged Cantina de San Angel is based on the San Angel Inn of 1692. We'll come back to some of these details in a minute, but first I also have to mention a couple of noteworthy Imagineers who worked on this pavilion. In fact, the Mexico Pavilion was one of Joe Rohde's first projects when he joined Walt Disney Imagineering. He worked in the model shop helping design the backdrop for the Plaza de los Amigos, including the famous volcano and pyramid at the back of the market. In addition, Herb Ryman, an iconic Disney artist who painted the first concept art of Disneyland for Walt Disney, developed the concept art for this pavilion. The result is an experience that feels like something out of Disneyland, a charming design that only someone with Herb Ryman's talents could envision. The heart of this pavilion, Plaza de los Amigos, was inspired by the architecture of Taxco, located in the Mexican state of Guerrero, about 150 kilometers south of Mexico City. It's reminiscent of town squares like Plaza Borda. If you look up photos of this town, you can see how the Imagineers drew inspiration from its architecture and heritage. Even the fountain inside the Mexico Pavilion, which is called the Fuente del Torito, which translates to Trickle Fountain, draws a striking resemblance to the colonial fountain in Taxco. Plaza de los Amigos not only offers an enjoyable marketplace experience with some authentic Mexican goods for sale, but also some delicious cuisine as well. As mentioned in the quote I read a few moments ago in the Imagineering Field Guide to Epcot, the signature restaurant inside the pavilion, Cantina de San Angel, better known today as the San Angel Inn Restaurante, was inspired by the San Angel Inn located in Mexico City in the historic neighborhood of San Angel in the borough of Alvaro Obregón, the website for this historic landmark shares more information about the inn's history. Quote, In 1616, Hernando Aragonés built the residence Our Lady of Santa Ana and planted an orchard on the grounds. Over the next 160 years, as ownership of the residence changed hands, additional parcels of land were purchased. Over time, farming and pulp production became the main activities at the estate. In 1777, when Ramón Goicochaya 
purchased the property, he expanded it to 84 acres and renamed his new home Hacienda de Goicochaya. The Hacienda as it stands today is the site of San Angel Inn. Beginning in 1806 and continuing for the next 100 years, the Hacienda and its land was either bought or inherited multiple times. Finally, in 1906, the property was acquired by the San Angel Land Company. Two years later, in 1908, new owners Jean Roux and Magdalena Cabasut opened the San Angel Inn, a hotel named after the surrounding residential area. Six acres were kept for the hotel, while the rest of the land was subdivided to form the Alta Vista neighborhood. Carlos Prieto, a writer and musician, purchased the property in 1948, 11 years after it was declared a colonial monument. He and his co-owner, Cecil Jacques, enjoyed hosting classical musical concerts on the grounds. For a number of years in the late 50s, they lended the property to the Universidad Ibero-Americana Schools of Architecture, Design, and History of Art. Later, a group of investors decided to create the restaurant Antiguo San Angel Inn with the aim of showcasing the best of Mexican cuisine. They hoped to attract guests from all over the world with the service and hospitality that Mexico is known for. San Angel Restaurant opened on June 13, 1963. From the beginning, we've taken great care to preserve the beauty of the original gardens as well as the hacienda's physical structure. In doing so, we've created a unique environment where our guests can enjoy the best in modern cuisine, surrounded by centuries of Mexican history." End quote. As you could probably tell, even just this one part of the pavilion, the main restaurant, is teeming with history, making it a great source of inspiration for the Imagineers. Next door to the restaurant, guests can find La Cava del Tequila, which translates to the tequila cellar. This location opened in 2009 and offers over 200 tequilas, top-shelf cocktails, Mexican beer, and wine, including tequila flights, margaritas, and light snacks. If you're a tequila aficionado, you'll find that the taquilleros working here take great care in curating the finest tequilas and educating guests about this historic, centuries-old Mexican beverage. If you're like me and generally don't drink much alcohol, I have to admit the chips and guacamole served here are also incredible, and the ambience is a wonderful addition to the plaza. While we're on the subject of dining, it's also worth noting that a second table service restaurant, La Hacienda de San Angel, opened in 2010 along World Showcase Lagoon next to the quick service location, La Cantina de San Angel. La Hacienda, which translates to the ranch, offers incredible Mexican cuisine and a gorgeous view of World Showcase Lagoon, making it one of my favorite restaurants at the park. Similarly, Chosa de Margarita, an outdoor beverage cart, was built in later years, opening in 2017 to meet the high demand for adult beverages in this part of the park. In terms of atmosphere, the pavilion not only features authentic visual details, but also a 30-minute music loop complete with mariachi and Mexican folk music. The pre-recorded music certainly sets the mood for the pavilion, but perhaps more importantly, the pavilion features a group of live musicians that have been delighting guests since 1982, Mariachi Cobre. Mariachi is a world-famous genre of Mexican folk music that originated in the Mexican state of Jalisco, Mexico on the Pacific coast. Mariachi Cobre might have been performing at Epcot since 1982, but their history dates back even further. Their group was formed in Tucson, Arizona in 1971 by Randy Carrillo, a veteran of the first mariachi youth group in the U.S. Over a span of more than 50 years, they have performed with nearly 50 symphony orchestras across the United States and Mexico. Because of the significance of this group, I'd love to share a little bit more about their history by playing a Disney Parks video that was released on September 25th, 2020. Take a listen and enjoy. My name is Steve Esteban Carrillo. Mariachi Cobre, we are originally from Tucson, Arizona. Arizona is the copper state. Cobre means copper. So we are called Mariachi Cobre. Mariachi Cobre's first contact was largely due to a youth mariachi in Tucson, Arizona that we all belong to before Mariachi Cobre started. It was a youth group called Los Changuitos Feos. And 
It ranged in age from uh, nine years old to 15 or 16 years old. The youth group used to play at Disneyland in California every Cinco de Mayo, starting in about 1968, all the way through about 75 or 76. And we had the great fortune of flying on Walt Disney's plane. They would come to pick us up. We were kids, fly us to California and fly us back. Once Mariachi Cobra was formed, Walt Disney World contacted us to come to play at the Magic Kingdom. Pecos Bill Cafe, Frontierland, Grand Canyon Concourse in 73 and 74 as Mariachi Cobre. And then after that, we were asked to come and open Epcot. By the way, this is Cobre's 38th anniversary of being here at Epcot. Presently, a mariachi consists of violin, trumpet, you have a regular Spanish guitar, a vihuela, which is a five-string tenor guitar, and it's indigenous to Mexico, along with the guitarron, which is the big bass. The vihuela and the guitarron are the instruments that define a mariachi. World culture is a big part of the Epcot experience. We see the emotion, crying, singing, dancing, or just listening. And they'll come up to us and say, wow, I remember when my grandfather or great-grandparents used to sing this song, uh, put us to sleep with this song, sang this song on our birthday, uh, sang this song on our anniversary. So I feel that it's Mariachi Cobra's responsibility to share our music, our culture, our Hispanic heritage, especially with people who are seeing mariachi for the first time. What color is the sky? Ay, mi amor, ay, mi amor. You tell me that it's red. Ay, mi amor, ay, mi amor. Where should I put my shoes? Ay, mi amor, ay, mi amor. You say, put them on your head. Ay, mi amor, ay, mi amor. And you make me un poco loco, un poquititito loco. The way you keep me guessing. I'm nodding and I'm
As you can probably tell, history is certainly an important factor in the design of the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot, and this applies not only to the pavilion itself, but also to its major attraction. On opening day, the Mexico Pavilion featured a tranquil boat ride attraction called El Rio del Tiempo, which translates to the River of Time. The ride operated from 1982 until 2007, reopening later that year as a refurbished ride called Grand Fiesta Tour starring the three caballeros. Before we get to our discussion of Grand Fiesta Tour, it's worth discussing the original attraction. El Rio del Tiempo took its name seriously, taking guests from the earliest native cultures of Mexico to modern day. After walking through the short queue, guests would board their boat in one of five rows. The boats would then depart the loading area and glide through the edge of Plaza de los Amigos right next to San Angel Inn. In fact, getting to watch the boats float by is perhaps the biggest reason I enjoy dining at this restaurant. This part of the experience takes guests past the pyramid and volcano at the back of the pavilion, then into a long tunnel that heads into the attraction's show building. In the first scene, an Aztec priest would appear, ready to take us on a journey through the history of Mexico. The next section of track would then pass a series of large projection screens depicting various Aztec stories, including various dances and rituals, the spirits of the four elements, and the battle between Quetzalcoatl and Tezcatlipoca, representing the clash between good and evil. From here, a large room full of dolls, much like It's a Small World with a Mexican twist, represents the colonial era of Mexico. The full scene takes place during Dia de los Muertos in the evening, and it's where we first hear the theme song of the attraction. I have to admit, as a kid, I distinctly remember this song, which was written by Armando Corral and famous Disney Imagineer Xavier Atencio, who also wrote the lyrics to Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me and Grim Grinning Ghosts. The Imagineers included a musical tune as a kind of nod to a Mayan myth. As written in the Imagineering Field Guide, the myth, quote, holds that the gods granted the gift of song to the earth and that life was all music from that time on, end quote. The song they created always got stuck in my head whenever I left the attraction, and yes, you better believe I'm going to play a clip for you here. The back half of the attraction takes guests through modern-day Mexico, at least modern-day as of 1982. This includes passing by various dining, recreation, and shopping activities in Mexico, and it culminates with us floating through Mexico City during a fireworks celebration. For this scene, the Imagineers worked to recreate Reforma Boulevard, which runs through the heart of the city. On the left, where the three caballeros now perform, was a carousel of marionettes dancing to the theme song of the attraction. This would lead us into yet another tunnel, this one showing a map of Mexico on the left as we waited to disembark from the attraction. As many guests and many of you listening may no longer remember El Rio del Tiempo, I thought it perhaps worth playing back the experience. I also want to mention that this audio is provided by our friend Martin Smith, and I would encourage you to check out his ultimate tribute of the Mexico Pavilion, and I will leave a link for that YouTube video in the description of this episode. 
With that, let's head back to Epcot sometime between 1982 and 2007 to enjoy the classic World Showcase attraction, El Rio del Tiempo. was the fulfillment of an Aztec prophecy that marked the end of our native rule in Mexico. 
but our ancient culture still lives in the music and color of the Mexican fiesta. Amigos, 
te he succeed. May you go well for you, and may your hearts be gladdened with the sounds of music. Heck, elik goodbye. We will meet again. Until then, may you always be delighted with the beauty of Mexico. Please keep your hands and arms inside your boat and remain seated until it comes to a complete stop at the dock. Over time, El Rio del Tiempo not only continued to see declining popularity, but also continued to age. After 25 years, the ride's show scenes no longer depicted the Mexico of today, and the team at Disney felt that there was an opportunity to revitalize the experience. As it turns out, the resulting attraction, Grand Fiesta Tour, starring the three Caballeros, was the first World Showcase attraction to receive an update with characters from Disney films. The Three Caballeros debuted in 1944 under the direct supervision of Walt Disney. As described on the Disney Movies website, quote, The ever-popular and excitable Donald Duck stars in one of his greatest adventures, a dazzling blend of live-action and classic Disney animation bursting with south-of-the-border sights and sounds. When Donald receives a magical collection of gifts from his Latin American friends, they become his passport to a fantastic musical journey with Jose Carioca and Panchito, a charro rooster. With these experts to guide him, Donald hops, skips, and jumps his way through every splash of local color, each stop full of surprises and sensational songs. Disney's seventh full-length animated film, The Three Caballeros, is a stunning celebration of visual effects, light-hearted dance, and lively Latin music. It's fine-feathered fun for the whole family." End quote. The Imagineers found ways to change many of the show scenes for El Rio del Tiempo, leaving the main layout and blueprint for the attraction, including the many dolls seen in the middle of the ride. It was a quick refurbishment that lasted only a few short months. El Rio del Tiempo closed on January 2nd, 2007, and Grand Fiesta Tour, starring the three Caballeros, opened later that spring on April 6th. Unlike El Rio del Tiempo, Grand Fiesta Tour would not be a historic look at Mexico, but a modern-day experience. The ride follows Jose and Panchito as they look to find Donald somewhere in Mexico, as they are due to perform a concert in Mexico City that evening. The ride follows the same sequence in the beginning, although the Imagineers added posters of the three caballeros in the queue and loading area to introduce the story of the attraction. After entering the tunnel, we see Panchito and Jose introduce themselves on a large projection screen at the front of the boat. They then go to introduce Donald, but only his guitar falls between them, prompting the duo to grab a serape and fly off to the next scene. On various screens in the next scene, we then see Donald being a tourist in Mexico as Jose and Panchito fly by various tourist attractions to find him. It's also here that we begin to hear an instrumental version of the Three Caballeros theme playing in the background, which plays throughout the entire attraction, paying tribute to the Mayan myth the Imagineers honored in the original attraction. Passing by various Mexican tourist attractions, we then journey to the heart of the attraction, the old doll scene from El Rio del Tiempo. While much of this scene remains as it did with the original attraction, the Imagineers also added a Donald Piñata as a kind of Three Caballeros Easter egg. The next few scenes also directly pay tribute to El Rio del Tiempo. We see the same kinds of recreational activities and dining, but this time, Donald is participating in them. Meanwhile, Jose and Panchito ask local chefs if they've seen Donald. As we head through a tunnel, the sun is beginning to set, which gives Jose and Panchito more reason for concern, as they still haven't found their companion. In the old marketplace scene, a mariachi band plays a lively rendition of Three Caballeros. Meanwhile, we see Donald entranced by a group of dancers, as Jose and Panchito grab him and try to get him to the concert. We float into Mexico City, 
passing an assortment of celebratory props, and find ourselves at the concert. Here, we see animatronic versions of Donald, Panchito, and Jose performing the three caballeros, just like they did in the 1944 animated film. The wall on the right, which depicts Mexico City under a fireworks celebration, remains the same as it did in the original attraction, depicting the heart of the city. In the final tunnel, the Imagineers updated the map to be a more modern-day look at Mexico, and they included a painting of the three caballeros on a serape over the country saying adios amigos to guests floating by. This leads to the unload area where we disembark and head back to Plaza de los Amigos. Before we conclude our discussion of this pavilion, it's worth mentioning another film that has taken on new life in this part of Epcot, the 2017 Pixar film Coco. With Coco paying tribute to Mexican culture, and especially to Dia de los Muertos, the Imagineers saw an opportunity to add some Coco elements to this part of the park, most notably in the gallery at the entrance of the pavilion. Here, you'll find an interactive exhibit depicting scenes from the film, as well as a collection of artwork celebrating Dia de los Muertos. The entertainment team also hired a new mariachi band, El Mariachi Coco de Santa Cecilia, to play some of the most popular songs from the film. The name Santa Cecilia pays tribute to the town where Miguel and his family reside in the film. And of course, the mariachi band in Epcot is not a replacement for Mariachi Cobre, but rather an addition to the group. For a few years now, there have been rumors that a Coco attraction might eventually replace Gran Fiesta Tour. While at this point there is no kind of confirmation to this rumor, it's a fun idea that would certainly give the Mexico Pavilion even greater popularity and perhaps even stronger roots to Mexican culture. While the Imagineers would have to figure out some logistical issues, especially expanding the short queue to meet the demands that would come with a Coco attraction, I'm sure they would be up to the task, and I would love to see if perhaps this future fan-based rumor might become a reality. In the meantime, we can only dream of this kind of future possibility and continue to enjoy the current version of the experience. At this point, I'd love to take you with me for a ride on Grand Fiesta Tour, thanks to some binaural audio I recorded at the park. As with most scenic audio recordings, this experience should best be enjoyed with headphones or earbuds, which will give you a more realistic 360-degree experience. But listening on speakers or another audio device should still make you feel as if you're riding the attraction. With that, let's head to the Mexico Pavilion at Epcot and enjoy Grand Fiesta Tour starring the Three Caballeros.
De nuevo a Imagination Central. Welcome back to Imagination Central. I hope you enjoyed this discussion about the Mexico Pavilion and its many different attractions, including its main original attraction, El Rio del Tiempo, and the current version of the ride, Grand Fiesta Tour, along with the dining establishments that are at the Mexico Pavilion and the other parts of the pavilion that make it a historic cultural connection to Mexico itself. I, of course, want to turn this conversation over to you and ask what you love most about the Mexico Pavilion and about Grand Fiesta Tour. You can send in your answers and join the conversation by finding Imagination Skyway on your favorite social media channels. I posted this question to especially our Instagram page and our Facebook group. You can find links to those social media channels and all of our other social media channels over at imaginationskyway.com. And if perhaps you're listening to this episode years down the line, you can always tag Imagination Skyway in a Facebook post or an Instagram post or anywhere if you would like to continue the conversation about this episode. If you don't already subscribe to the show, make sure to hit that subscribe or follow button no matter which podcast app you're listening on. It could be Apple Podcasts or Spotify or any other podcast app. And that just ensures that you never miss an episode of the show. As soon as a new episode becomes available, if you subscribe, it'll head right to your phone so you can know that there is a new one ready to listen to. And if you love the show and if you haven't yet left a rating and a review in whichever podcast app you're listening to the show on. It goes a long way to help the show out. And I want to thank especially those of you who have rated the show in the past in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify, helping us to maintain nearly a perfect five-star review. I do read each and every review that comes through, and it is always inspiring to help me to get the motivation to continue to do more Imagination Skyway episodes. And more than that, it helps others continue to discover the show. It increases our relevance in these podcast communities. So thanks again to everyone who has rated the show in the past. And if you would like to take your love of Imagination Skyway to the next level, I would definitely encourage you to join our Patreon group, which you can learn more about over at imaginationskyway.com slash community. And I, of course, want to thank all of our Patreon members. Our Patreon group is a way that you can help keep the lights on for Imagination Skyway and access a suite of benefits and perks, things like access to a private Facebook group. We host a weekly, not daily, weekly Disney Plus watch parties, which are always a lot of fun. We just kind of chat together as we watch a Disney film or show together. Uh, We have bonus podcast episodes, streamable scenic audio that you can listen to, including many that I have never released on Imagination Skyway, at least not yet, as of the recording of this episode, and so much more. These terms and conditions are subject to change depending on when you're listening to the show. So the best way to discover what is currently available is, again, by heading to imaginationskyway.com slash community. 
And if this episode is, has, has you itching to head back to Walt Disney World and experience the Mexico Pavilion, or if you're ready to book a vacation to any Disney destination, I would encourage you to work with our travel partner and sponsor, Magical Park Vacations, a complimentary agency that can help to plan your next Disney vacation. Their team is amazing at what they do. They are who I personally use, not only because they sponsor the show, but even when I am just going to Walt Disney World and I feel like I want somebody else to book this for me, they help to do such an incredible job. And what I really love about working with an agency like Magical Park Vacations is if a new discount becomes available for my room after I have booked, and maybe I'm not aware of that new discount, they not only ask if they want it, if I want it applied to my room, but they automatically do it for me. So if a better rate becomes available without me even knowing it, they'll just apply the discount to the room. Of course, they'll let me know that there was a new discount that they applied to the room and help me to save money on my Disney vacation. So that's an extra little perk that comes with it, assuming that discounts become available uh, for your Disney vacation. But you can learn more about them and get some extra help with Disney planning no matter where you're going by heading to MagicalParkVacations.com and filling out the form there or reaching out to them on social media at Magical Park Vacations. And if you want a little bit of extra support when it comes to planning out the details of your Disney vacation, if you haven't been in a while or if you want to do things a little bit differently or you just don't have the time to plan out all the details and figuring out what to do, which days, where to eat, making those dining reservations, making those Genie Plus reservations, and everything else, you can work with their sister company, WDW Park Planners, or I should say the Park Planners is what they're called now. Um, the Park Planners is an agency, a concierge planning agency that plans out all the details of your Disney vacation. They work with your family directly, coming up with a personal itinerary based on your interests, based on your needs, and based on anything else, any other requests that you might have. I've worked with them. They do an amazing job of providing a game plan for my Disney vacations. And the great thing about them too is that while you're on your Disney vacation, if plans change or things come up, you have a concierge planner who is at your call if anything comes up so you can reach out by texting or calling that concierge planner or sending them an email and they'll be on standby ready to help you to adapt whatever you might need uh, for your Disney vacation which is also really wonderful so you can reach out to them at theparkplanners.com or find the park planners on your favorite social media channel last but not least I want to encourage you as I always do to go after whatever hopes and dreams you might have in mind. Life is just way too short. It goes way too fast to not go after what you really want in life. So take that first step, whatever it is, or if you've already taken that first step, continue that journey to making your dreams come true. Thank you so much as always for riding aboard Imagination Skyway. And remember, if we can dream it, we can do it. song in the air and it's playing just for you. A feeling so close you can reach out and touch it. I never knew I could want something so much but it's true. You must have faith, sister. Oh, but Padre, he will never listen. He will listen to music. Only a song, only a song has the power to change a heart. Never underestimate the power of music. But my father, he will never give his permission. I am done asking permission. When you see your moment, you mustn't let it pass you by. You must seize it. Senor de la Cruz, 
What did it take for you to seize your moment? I had to have faith in my dream. No one was going to hand it to me. It was up to me to reach for that dream, grab it tight, and make, make it, it come, come true. true.